Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about supporting women in leadership. Data from the House of Commons has found that companies led by women outperform those led by men. So I'm here to give you ideas of how you can support women in leadership roles. I talk about breaking the bias and what that means. How you can support women to improve confidence and where there may be issues with that. I talk about improving language, where that can have an impact and how you can improve it. Where male allies and cheerleaders can make an impact, as well as the support of mentoring, coaching, and women's networks, and why you should look at those too. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host and straight talking Yorkshire lass who elevates leaders and supports well-being with coaching, speaking, training and workshops. Now one of the challenges organisations frequently have is engaging employees in wellbeing conversations so that they can confidently support and signpost colleagues and partners. The quickest and most successful way to make a change in this area is with an external facilitator who provides a safe space for learning, conversations and honesty. And recently I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to be more focused, less stressed and have a wider impact on both the professional leadership skills as well as improving personal well-being and that of their teams. I've been doing that both with workshops, speaking and group and individual coaching sessions. Now, Stress Awareness Month is coming up in April and bookings are flying in for supportive coaching and workshops in and around this topic. So you could think about managing stress to improve performance so that your people know the signs and symptoms of stress and have tools and techniques to improve their stress levels and increase their focus and performance. You could think about a ramp up resilience and reduce stressful situations workshop so that attendees can cope with and reduce stress levels and become more resilient. You could look at confident conversations about mental well-being so that managers are confident, capable and caring when staff raise concerns about their own mental well-being instead of being scared and running from the hills as I've heard from many organisations. And there are other ways that we can support your people too. So do get in touch if you want to know how I can help you or your organisation. If you're not ready to do that yet, you can get onto my newsletter. So the link is in the show notes and there's information on my website at emmalankton.com. 
The newsletter goes out once a month and sends tips, information, statistics on the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. And then finally, if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me on the podcast, please do go and find the little buttons that enable you to do that. Give me your key thoughts, your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. Or even share that on social media and tag me in your posts. So welcome back listeners. This week... I'm talking to you about supporting female leaders. In honour of International Women's Day earlier this week, which, in case you didn't realise, it's a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. Yet it's also used as a springboard, as a day to mark a kind of call to action and recognition for accelerating women's equality. So what better topic, I thought, for the podcast than one talking about how we can support female leaders. So there can be a number of reasons why there are less women than men in leadership roles. I'm not here to get into the facts. I'm here to give you ideas of ways that you can support women in leadership roles. And why should you even bother? Well, Recently, data from the House of Commons found that companies led by women outperform those led by men. But despite this, we're a long way from achieving gender parity in the workplace. So it's a good idea to be encouraging women to pursue leadership roles and support those who are already leaders because it's beneficial to the workplace as a whole. Now, this year's theme for International Women's Day for 2022 is Break the Bias. So it would be wrong if I didn't start with a little discussion around that. Now, unconscious bias, opinions, beliefs are formed in our early childhood. We learn these from family, friends, people of authority, social messaging about boys, about girls. You only have to look at games for children to see the difference in this. It becomes unconscious because it doesn't have to be spoken, taught or said. It's about that repetitive way that we are seeing things, giving messages, giving indicators. So it's given in other ways that form that messaging and that wiring in the brain that girls can't do certain things or don't belong in certain spaces or that boys should do or girls should do. Biases will exist. But we can move it from the unconscious to the conscious when we raise our awareness of it. This means that we move from doing things unconsciously, automatically, without thinking. You know, we unconsciously breathe we unconsciously learn in the end to put one foot in front of the other when we walk but at some point if you watch a toddler a baby starting to walk you can see the concentration on their face as they aim for that 
marker, you know, the, the, the chair or the sofa or the toy or whatever across the room. You can see the specific, if you really stop to watch, I love it, it's fascinating. But then, you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, you, you know that I am a massive people watcher. And who doesn't love watching a baby learn to walk? But you can see the way that they specifically and carefully and really think about lifting their leg and putting it down and then getting that balance and reaching and standing before they lift the other leg. That's doing it consciously. But it's getting that again and again repetitively, it becomes unconscious. If you stand up right now and walk to the other side of the room or you're already listening to me while you're out walking, running or whatever, you're not going to be thinking about putting one leg in front of the other. But then when we do think about it, it becomes conscious. So when we think about these biases, these male, female, the gender specific of things, we're thinking, recognising, seeing, hearing what we do, what we say, how we act and how we respond. What you can then do is challenge your own internal bias. If you don't like the word bias, then you're just challenging your own internal learnings, your own internal belief systems, your own internal thought processes, those automatic thought processes. Also, though, to break this bias, make sure that awareness is being talked about, is being looked at, is being challenged, and then brought in to culture, teamwork, language, vacancies, hiring, I could go on. You can also, though, challenge that of others too. For me, what always springs to mind is Jacinda Ardern saying one of the criticisms over the years is that she's not aggressive enough or assertive enough. Or maybe somehow because she's empathic, it means she's weak. And she goes on to say, I refuse to believe that you cannot be both compassionate and strong. And, you know, I absolutely love that because I've been called aggressive and assertive and bossy and whatever, whatever. And there's a big bit about our own mindset and then standing up to some of those phrases and criticisms or accusations and standing in line with our own mindset with that. The other thing that can be done in organisations is about improving confidence because not everybody is confident enough to stand up to those criticisms. There's also a big thing about self-selection, meaning that fewer women than men actually apply or attempt to work towards being in certain executive positions. In other words, many women don't actually apply for specific leadership positions. And I know that my husband has complained about this frequently. You know, he said, oh, that um, he's been told he must be, look at the gender equality. And he said, how can I do that, Emma, when I haven't got a single woman that's applied for any of the roles? You know, he can't actually even interview anybody, never mind appoint somebody when the people are not putting themselves forward. But if a lack of self-confidence is contributing to women staying out of those leadership roles, then it's crucial for organisations to look at what support can be provided for women in leadership. I'll come to some of the ways that you can do that 
But there is a big piece of work that you can do around helping people to improve their confidence. And some of that starts with challenging that bias, but then also about improving language. So that speaking up, giving people time to be heard, not talking over the top of people. It might be that you need to establish meeting etiquette to ensure everyone is fairly treated during meetings and that everybody has that opportunity to speak and be heard. And then again, when people are speaking and being heard, if someone says something that you don't agree with, even if you think it's madness, ensure that you ask coaching style questions to dig into views rather than have that own personal view and bias coming in there so that you end up being dismissive or belittling whatever has been said. I wonder too if you have ever thought that somebody is being bossy or aggressive. A step on from that, have you ever said to somebody that they're being bossy or aggressive or too assertive? I've been told way too often Bossy, aggressive, loud and more. In fact, there was a time when I was advocating for the kids and we were working, working with social services, I'm laughing away to myself here, working with social services. That's a very formal response. Do you know what? I was fighting. I was fighting. Um, and I didn't want to be. I wanted to just have conversations and go, what's available and what can you do and have you seen this and da-da-da-da and this needs to be provided and what's possible. But what would happen whilst that I would be having conversations with social services, with school support systems, with schools, with social workers, all sorts of different people. And it got to the point where I was coming in each and every day, or Andy was coming in, um, and I was already at home with the kids. And he would say, who have you upset today? <laughs> and I'd just start because I'm a bit of a, you know, Jacinda Ahern. I refuse to believe type thing. However, even for me, it can wear you down. So he would laugh. We, you know, we started off, we just laughed. And I'd roll my eyes or I'd shrug a bit. Because I'm very much of the opinion that if it's somebody's job to provide that support, to advocate for you, to do whatever it is they're supposed to do. They need to do their job. But what I was um, fighting for, what I was advocating for, it wasn't even for me. It was for these kids. These kids that had had a wrong start in life. These kids that needed further support. Just like sometimes these women in leadership will need further support. Even if that support is saying, don't talk over the top. Let this person finish what they're saying. Can we let everybody be heard? So when Andy was saying to me, who have you upset today? There did come a point where I sat to say to him, I really need you to stop saying that. Because it's happening so much, these difficult conversations, these speaking up, this assertiveness, this, you know, being told I'm a bossy, I'm aggressive, I'm whatever, whatever. Being put down by these people because they want to try and just dismiss what it is that I'm saying or asking for or they didn't like what they were hearing. I was already being put down by those people. I didn't need the people that were like, you know, like 
Andy was supposed to be my cheerleader, my support person. I didn't need him saying things like, who have you upset today? So I had to ask him to stop doing that because I said to him, you know, I'm happy to go and advocate for the kids. Yes, there's some difficult conversations taking place. Yes, I'm having to stand up. Yes, I'm having to put my big girl pants on. Whatever it is, whatever phrase you want to use. But I needed to make sure that my mindset was strong and that I was sure I was doing the right thing. And that's what drove me forward each and every day. So when he was saying, who have you upset today? That was, you know, it was kind of chipping away at some of that mindset and some of that inner strength. So I had to ask him to stop doing it. And indeed, when I explained, he did do it. But it's also a bit like, you know, um, there was a quote I heard afterwards, Michelle Obama said, I decided that I wasn't bossy, I was confident and I was strong. I wasn't loud, I was a young woman with something important to say. Now, what a way to say it. I wish that I could say things like that, I can't. I am pretty concise, I do speak up, I am not afraid to ask for things. I'm dead straightforward, as you know, it's a bit of my USP. However, that's it. But that portrays about where the mindset is needed as well. So what we need alongside this are male allies and cheerleaders. When there are male allies in the workplace who are publicly and consistently advocating their support and essentially cheerleading for female leaders and for gender equality, it means that everyone feels that level of support. What I talk to a lot of leaders that I work with is about modelling and demonstrating what we do and how to behave. And it has a huge impact on people in the workforce because bringing you back to that point at the beginning, that modelling and demonstrating is some of the stuff that goes in subconsciously, in that unconscious place. Now, you can do your own research or get people in to help with kickstarting how to be a male ally or how to have male allies in your organisation. And if you want that, I know some great people who do this, so do get in touch. But we need cheerleaders. You know, mentoring is another great way to support women in leadership. Mentoring is there to support and encourage people to manage their own learning, if you like, that they can maximise their potential, develop their skills, improve their performance, okay? What mentoring is, really, is somebody that has been there, somebody that's going to be able to say to you, when I had this, I did that. I have seen this, you can try that. Okay, so it is much more of a kind of tell from experience. So these people need to have had the experience. But when mentors share their expertise with others, it can elevate the credibility within the organisation as a whole. You know, that you have a, a, a mentoring programme. Women who have a mentor find that it can increase their confidence. It can enable them to build strong career paths and give them the opportunity to look at their careers with the guidance of somebody that's worn that path. And research has shown that mentoring is key to helping women advance professionally because they earn promotions and they make more contacts in their industry. Yet... 
A survey by DDI shows that 63% of the group that they had surveyed had never actually had a mentor. I can remember back in my corporate days, I had mentors. I mean, some of them I had to travel a bit to get to, and some of them after the initial meeting, I was kind of like, oh my God, that's not the right person for me. So you need that match. But if you don't have it within your organisation, look at where else you can get it. There's loads of people on LinkedIn, even that provide mentoring. Just ask. Shy girls getting out, remember? Just ask. People can say no. And you can say no if you have a first meeting, set out what it is that you want to achieve from them and find that that's, they don't seem to be the right fit or you're not gelling and they're getting along. The power of coaching. Coaching, again, is hugely supportive for leadership as a whole, particularly for women in leadership. The essence of coaching is raising awareness and responsibility to unlock potential and maximised performance. So then through coaching, you are supported through questioning and exploring about making changes, learning something, achieving your goals, improved performance, confidence, self-esteem, how you interact with people, how you are perceived by others. A coach doesn't need to have had experience at your level or in your industry because it's done by questioning there, asking questions to probe, if you like, what goes on in your mind, to probe your thinking. A perfect example is from one of my ex-clients, Jennifer, where she said that she had one-to-one coaching with me over a period of several months. She said, Emma's approach to our coaching relationship was supportive throughout and she built trust very quickly. It's always important. This allowed Jennifer to speak freely and she felt as though she she was truly listened to and understood. She says, I found Emma to be extremely pragmatic in terms of her advice and coaching style and always with a sense of humour, but importantly with empathy and kindness at the core. Jennifer left each session with a sense of purpose, feeling more confident and focused. And in terms of different coaching techniques that she could implement and draw on, she found her coaching journey to be really beneficial and she'd really recommend me to anybody. So do think about coaching, but again, like mentoring, it's having the right person. Get in touch with me if you want more on that. Look at women's networks. Do you have a women's network in your organisation? I've benefited from them in the past. The benefits of women's style of networking include hearing advice from peers and experts as well if they bring in guest speakers and things like that and share knowledge and experience. You have also, though, a trusted environment to be able to share struggles. I'm going to finish with my final point, which is short but sweet. Pay the same. If you're doing all of this stuff, but you're not closing the gender pay gap, then you're missing one big thing. So just pay the same. So to recap, have a look at breaking that bias, improving confidence, perhaps through improving language, with male allies and cheerleaders, with mentoring, with coaching, with women's networks, and pay the same. Companies with female leaders perform better than those led by men. That House of Commons data that I mentioned earlier has revealed that. There's been progress, but there's also been a slip back through COVID. Women in leadership need the help of you 
and their leaders to continue to grow and make progress. And every organisation has the opportunity to make a difference to this by choosing to support their female leaders. Finally, companies with more than 30% of female executives outperform companies with a smaller number of female executives. That's according to research from academics at the University of Glasgow and Leicester. So I really hope that this has been helpful, giving you some tips and ideas on how you can be supporting women in leadership in your organisation or in your roles that you have. As ever, if you want to ask me any questions or get in touch with me, please do so emma at emmalankton.com. Please share this episode with your friends and colleagues and on social media, tag me if you do that. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.